I'm Ashley C. Ford, and this is Into the Mix, a Ben and Jerry's podcast about joy and justice produced with Vox Creative. Let's get into it. In 2018, The Lancet published a study that investigated what it called spillover effects of police violence against unarmed Black people. They wanted to know if and how high-profile deaths of Black people at the hands of police affected the mental health of other Black Americans. Not just the families and communities of the people killed, but Black Americans generally. And what they found was that police killings were the reported cause of a cumulative 55 million poor mental health days. In other words, the people surveyed said that, yeah, news of these deaths caused feelings of anxiety or depression, sometimes for days, weeks, or even months. It's not exactly surprising, since researchers for decades have noted that if you're Black in America, you're statistically much more likely to have encounters with police, and almost three times more likely to be killed by police than if you were white. This isn't new information to Black Americans. The knowledge that you could be stopped, arrested, or possibly killed by police is a fact of our existence. It weighs you down, inhibits your movement and expression. What's changed is that now, more than ever, the majority of Americans want police reform. A recent poll found that in the wake of George Floyd's murder and the months of protests that followed, 50% of Americans support major police reform and another 39% want at least minor changes to curb police brutality. And in 2021, Representative Cori Bush of Missouri introduced the People's Response Act to the House of Representatives. If passed, the People's Response Act would study alternatives to policing and fund things like non-carceral first responders and trauma-informed infrastructure, which could mean fewer encounters with police, fewer arrests, and ultimately systems that don't treat Black and Brown Americans as criminals by default. Ben & Jerry's as a company has long advocated for racial justice and has been vocal regarding the need to reform our systems of policing and public safety since 2016. They recognize that if we wanted to create safer communities, we need to rethink some of our systems from the ground up. So naturally, when Representative Bush introduced the People's Response Act in 2021, Ben & Jerry's wanted to lend their support. To bring awareness to the issue, they developed a flavor called Change is Brewing and set out to find the right artist to design the pint. They needed someone with talent and perspective to visualize what a world would look and feel like for Black Americans free from the threat of over-policing. Someone with experience with the justice system who could take an abstract concept like freedom and make it visual. And luckily, they found her. I just wanted to create like a, a joyous utopia to just black people living their life, having a good time and not worry. <laughs> and I, the crazy thing is, I was like, it would be a normal world, but what's normal for other people, not for us. Lacey Jordan is a multimedia artist and designer, but she didn't plan it that way. Unlike many of her peers, she wasn't one of those kids that dreamed of becoming an artist. That wasn't even on her radar. Describe young Lacey Jordan. Like, what were you like as a kid? Uh, 
Young Lacey was more very reserved, uh, very shy in a sense. I was just super quiet and I would just look at a lot of stuff and research a lot of things. Like I'm the friend where if you need me to snoop on something for your boyfriend, I could find out everything in like <laughs> 30 minutes. <laughs> 30 minutes I can tell you who he was with, what car he was in, where they were at. Like I've always <laughs> been that person though. I come from a family and especially like with my mom where it was like, yo, you're not making any C's. If you in these extracurricular activities, you're going to be the best. Um, you need to be put forth your, your best <laughs> effort. But then on the flip side, from just like my community and my family, I've seen a lot of people go in and out the system. When Lacey was still a kid, her older brother went to prison for a minor drug charge. But it's interesting because thinking about some of my first uh, encounters with art, one of my brothers, he he went he went to jail for something that was like ridiculous. And he used to send me letters where he would draw over the envelope and I would respond and I would draw over the envelope. <laughs> and so that was just like our way of like communicating with one another. I don't think I have freedom as a child. I, I, I don't. I don't. And that's why I think that it took me so long to tap into the fact that I am creative when I look at my childhood, it was it was definitely more strict, more tight knit, but it, it it didn't necessarily feel free. Now that I look back at it as an adult, it wasn't bad um, at all, but it, it wasn't like just this area where I felt like I was expressing myself. Do you have any experiences or perspectives on police presence in Black communities specifically? Because I feel like there's always going to be mm. a tension there. I remember one day I was on my way to my grandmother's house. And at this point, I was in high school and I was driving. And the police officer uh, put his lights on like as I was pulling into this into the street and I was like yo I'm about mm -hmm. to just keep going to my grandma's house because like I got I just got to go down a little bit more and turn to the driveway and it's crazy because I remember this clear as day I remember thinking that if you're gonna shoot me you have to do it in my house like that, right. that somebody somebody gonna have to come outside and see this it was just crazy because I'm like dang I was in high school like right high school and I literally pulled into the driveway and was like I mean I'm at home now so like luckily my family was able to come outside and be like what you what you doing to my child um <laughs> even moments like that I could just recall like dang like this is messed up like and I don't think I know how to communicate it but it was just like people need justice and help and yes. I feel like I had the balls to be in that profession where I was just like yo I'm a little mm -hmm. tough like I said, I have all brothers. I'm rough around the edges. Like, I'll fight. Like, <laughs> I'll do all these things. And so um, that's sort of what led me down that path. After the break, we'll hear about Lacey's journey from a straight-laced, by-the-book, FBI-bound college student to a multimedia artist who envisions a world without police violence. Don't go anywhere.
graduating from high school in Huntsville, Alabama, Lacey Jordan enrolled at the University of Alabama. She had always done well in school and figured she might want to be a lawyer or maybe a criminal investigator someday. So you decided to pursue a degree in criminal justice. Describe what you were learning in college about the justice system. Like, what were you learning that you found interesting and and surprising or challenging? Mm. The best way to sum it up is I learned how deeply rooted in racism and injustice the system is. You're in these rooms listening to the things the teachers are saying and their opinions on things. You're looking at the room and seeing how people are in agreement of things where it's like, no, I think this person, an eighth of weed, this person should be locked up for life. I just remember moments where I would challenge people and you could just tell that they didn't even really think that thought all the way. It was just something inherently that came from like their parents of things that they deemed as wrong or whatever. And I'm like, yo, this is this is way deeper than I thought. By the time Lacey started to seriously reconsider her path, she was already approaching graduation. In fact, she'd accidentally been on track to graduate early, thanks to a ton of AP credits. Her academic success led her to the internship for criminal justice students, the FBI. During my internship, I did, I did a lot of different things from like answering the phones because people called the FBI all the time and, you know, make threats or, I mean, and 99% of it is like BS, but you have like the one drunk guy that calls like every Thursday and it's like, I'm gonna, whatever that he's like really not going to do. So I started there and I went into different areas like surveillance, which is literally somebody singing a car for hours and days at a time looking at a subject. Um which a lot of people that do that live a very lonely life. And that was something that stuck out to me of a lot of people who I interacted with didn't seem to have good personal lives. And it was just, it felt very like limiting. Lacey always had a pretty specific idea of the kind of life she wanted for herself, which was tied to a very conventional type of success. But her internship with the FBI really solidified for her that that wasn't the right fit. I needed to have that experience and that education, if for nothing else, because it taught me how to stand up for myself. And it taught me how mm. to stand up for people. Like if if I'm going to a grocery store and I see somebody like getting bullied, it just it taught me how to speak up because remember childhood Lacey was very like quiet and not really saying nothing. And so I think what what criminal justice taught me was that in order for me to feel like I am in an area where I can like serve, especially when it comes to areas of justice that I have to speak up. Lacey's internship with the FBI concluded without incident, save for one moment. She was working with an agent to create a floor plan for an upcoming sting. Turned out that Lacey was familiar with the software the agent was using. It was a graphic design program she and her roommate had played around with. Using it again now clicked something in her. 
When the time came to decide whether she'd stay on the path to graduate early, Lacey, still enamored by that design software she'd used to make floor plans for sting operations, wanted any excuse to get to play with that software again. She decided to pause and signed up for an art elective. Like this clothing textile design course. And another. Like studio classes where you're like building things hands-on. And another. Like a photography class or so. By the time Lacey did graduate in 2011, she had two degrees, criminal justice and digital media. So what was your earliest design work like? It was stuff that was rooted in a sense of play and freedom. And when I look at my work now, it's rooted in a lot of like the colors are are things that are very like playful and like bold and tying this together in real time. I think it goes back to that original thought of not feeling that freedom necessarily as a child. And so now I'm able to express things in, in different ways. To me, I look at Lacey's art and I see work that's bold colorful, and unapologetically Black. The palette is bright. She often uses yellows, pinks, and oranges in unlined color block shapes. Her portraits are declarative and quietly defiant, like the one of the Black girl with buns and cherry red sunglasses, a lit blunt in her mouth, or the one of the girl wearing braids in a bright red bikini, looking over a beautiful ocean view speckled with sailboats, surveying her kingdom. Lacey often creates portraits of women peeping over their sunglasses, giving you a look like, all right, my earbuds are out. You've just interrupted my favorite song, so this better be good. Be sure to check out our show notes for links to Lacey's work so you can see what I mean. Lacey just has a knack for elevating the mundane and making it look magical. But art often reflects life. Sometimes Lacey's art is an outlet for sorrow and outrage. Do you remember first making visual art in response to injustice? I don't know if this is the first one, but it's the first one that I thought of, was uh, like an illustration I did of a white man holding a gun and I think it was like, stop killing us or something. And I think that was the beginning of merging the criminal justice background to art. This was in 2016, after 37-year-old Alton Sterling, known to his community in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, as CD Man, was shot to death by officers. They claimed he was wielding a gun while resisting arrest. In response, hundreds of protesters took to the streets of Baton Rouge chanting, Stop Killing Us. And a few days later, Lacey posted a piece of art to her Instagram with the same caption. Lacey, like me and so many other Black Americans, felt the spillover effect of Alton Sterling's death and others. And then there was Brianna. Brianna Taylor was just 26 years old when police shot her to death in her own bed. She died March 13th, 2020. I remember crying while doing it because I was just like, to be honest, I was just tired. I mean, I'm still tired, but like, 
especially in 2020, everything that was going on around that time, it was just like, I want to, I want to create a picture of her that to me feels beautiful. Lacey's portrait of Breonna Taylor went viral in 2020, reaching millions of people on Instagram. If you were online at that time, there's a good chance you saw it. It's an illustration of Brianna's face in a slight profile, her hair coiffed and expression inscrutable. The backdrop is bright pink and Brianna is flanked by beautiful, vibrant flowers. It was through that portrait that Ben and Jerry's found Lacey's work. The company had been in the process of developing their new flavor, Change is Brewing, to support Representative Cori Bush's legislation to fund alternatives to police on a national level. In order to get the message out, they needed a pint design that was not only eye-catching but meaningful. So they reached out to Lacey. When a company like Ben and Jerry's reaches out to you to design their Change is Brewing pint, I know that the prompt that they came to you with was create a world where Black communities feel safe and free, where the community is invested in and not over-policed, which Mm -hmm. to me is like, oh, utopia? Yeah, basically. For you, (laughs) you it's like, and and then I'm like, it's almost like my imagination stops. Like, I'm like, it is so hard for me to imagine that kind of freedom. And you turn it into something visual. You give people the opportunity to see what oppression has limited their Mm -hmm. ability to imagine. How does that feel? What does that feel like? You know, again, going to the idea of utopia of like, if I was just to go outside and not have to worry about turning my music down when the police rolled up Mm -hmm. next to me or whatever it is, like, how would that look? It's like, I just imagine going and like walking down the street, sort of like in a park, like Dr. Seuss style, where it's like you mm-hmm. see a person like taking a picture of their daughter running, like living her best life, not worried about the things that are going on in the world. You see a like mother and son who are just like having an intimate conversation. You see a couple just embracing and just feeling love. And, and I think the main words that I could think of are like love and freedom. I said this in an interview when we when Ben and Jerry's released the the first pint, which was like I'm no like Lacey Luther King, like and I I stand mm-hmm. by that. I'm not I'm not gonna debate you down on stuff because I'll end up saying something wrong or like just something like just crazy. <laughs> I have learned that I can express myself through my art, and mm-hmm. I always quote Nina Simone where it's like it's an artist's duty to reflect the times. I want to create things that are rooted in like joy and rooted in like how Mm -hmm. I want the world to look Um, and sort of a form of like escapism, which that can be good or bad. But like we listen, we need escape. (laughs) We need it. (laughs) I love that. Lacey, thank you so much for your time and for this conversation. It's been amazing getting to talk. This was this was the best um, like interview slash podcast I've done in a very long time. This is great. Good. Yes, you made me you made me think about a lot of stuff internally where I'm like, whoo, this is this was good. I needed this. <laughs> made my day. Lacey collaborated with Ben and Jerry's for a second time, this time on behalf of voting rights. To learn more and take action, visit action.benjerry.com slash vote. 
And keep your eyes peeled for the reissue of Change is Brewing, featuring more of Lacey Jordan's original art. Into the Mix is a Ben & Jerry's podcast produced by Vox Creative and ABF Creative. This episode was written by Bethany Denton with production help from Ken Miles. The Vox Creative team includes executive producer Anu Subramanian, lead producer Bethany Denton, and production manager Taylor Henry. The team also includes associate director of client success Ryan Phelan. The team from ABF Creative includes head of production Wanda Reynolds, executive producer Anthony Frazier, and producer Mike Basiglia. Sound design, mixing, and mastering by Chris Mann. Original music by Israel Tutson. Fact-checking by Girl Friday Productions. The Ben & Jerry's team includes Jay Tandon, Jay Curley, Emily D'Alessandro, and Chris Miller. I'm Ashley C. Ford. Thank you for listening. Thank you.